What's going on, youth workers? Paul Turner here from thediscipleproject.net and your host here at the Youth Ministry Motion podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Welcome into the show today. If you're brand new today, I want to thank you so much for checking it out, being a part today. If you're a regular, as always, I appreciate your attention. And um, let me talk about Lent for a second. I've given up something interesting for Lent. Uh, I've given up commenting. That's right, commenting. Why would I do that? Well, because um, I just felt like, you know, I spent a lot of time engaging online. And so I was thinking, you know, maybe I just need to be quiet for a season, just not comment. And that's good comments or bad comments. I've already failed, though. I will tell you that because I went and saw the Batman and I posted that I was not going to put out a review just yet because I felt like I needed to see the movie again. uh, Are you feeling me there? If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, that you feel like you need to see it again before you get a right, you know, you know, attitude about it, I guess. And I want to see it again. Good performances, all that. But I broke, you know, down on my comments when somebody asked me about it, you know, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And I, it just, it's so automatic. Commenting is so automatic. It's just a a thing you do because you're quick to respond. And that's the thing. That's why I've given up commenting for Lent is because it's such a natural thing. And sometimes it can come, you know, you comment and you're not thinking really you're, and that's the whole process for me is I want to be able to look at something and say, is this worth commenting, commenting on? And is this something I can bring value to, or am I just being snarky or sarcastic or any of those things? So for me, giving up commenting is, um, is, uh, is a tough, t- is a tough deal. <laughs> Cause my, I tell my wife, I say, I've given up commenting. Was, what, what do you tell me for? I said, well, because I have to tell somebody about something. When I see something now, I can't comment. I've got to show it to you and then tell you what I think about it. She's like, no, you're not going to do that. So that makes it even, that makes it even tougher. Anyway, enough of my problems and woes. I'm, I be honest with you. I'm having a good time with it. I am, uh, I write every day and and kind of share a little devotion. I can post, by the way, not comment. I am posting but not commenting just just to uh, make it a discipline. It's both a sacrifice and a discipline for me. And so that's what I've given up, even though I have failed. But I will continue on to the end of Lent. So let's talk about you guys for a minute and something you guys might need. We're going to jump into the show today, which is talking about self-defense for youth pastors. And before we get into that, I want you to know the show here is brought to you by Ministry Minded Coaching. It is my coaching service. And whether you are looking to grow your ministry, build a discipleship plan, work on a skill that you need like communication or uh, how to work with parents, things like that, you know, whether you want one session, you want a one month worth of sessions, you want three months worth of sessions, you know, all that's available to you. And I want to go ahead and put the link down in the show notes if you're interested stop going it alone. Let me help you build a successful youth ministry. Too many people doing it by themselves. And I think I can help you. I think I can help you with whatever you're working on right now. I want to come alongside of you and uh, help you make it happen, whatever you're looking to do in your youth ministry. Link in the show notes below. All right. So let's go and jump into today, which is talking about spiritual self-defense for youth pastors. And I grew up reading comic books. And in these comic books that I would read, there would be an ad for uh, Tony Atlas bodybuilding. And uh, if you're old enough, then you know what I'm talking about. And and basically, it's the scene where, you know, a guy and his girl is sitting on the beach and and uh, some big muscly guy comes by. And, you know, he's not intentionally doing this. He just kind of runs by and, you know, kicks sand, you know, on the thing and, 
you know, the guy is all skinny and bones and, and, uh, you know, says something. And, and then the big muscly guy says, Hey, listen here, I'll smash your face. You're only skinny and you might dry up and blow away. You know, just you know, this very old Tommy kind of conversation. And of course the next a couple of, you know, of course he's embarrassed in front of his girl and all that. And the next panel, he's kicking a chair and said, I'll, I'll show that guy. I'm going to get the Tony Atlas bodybuilding thing. And we're going to, I'm going to build up my body. And he kicks a chair and he does all this. And, and then, you know, later, it just says later, it didn't say how many months, right? <laughs> like they just says later, like later that afternoon, he's got all these muscles and, uh, he said, well, that bully won't shove me around again. And, and of course, on the beach, it shows him seemingly just unprovoked. The, the 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 guy is there, the big muscly guy is there, and he just goes up and just shows him, you know, punching him in the eye, uh, you know, right in the jaw, and like, you know, <laughs> you know, that's just I just thought that was so, I just thought that was so crazy, right? And I mean, you know, you, <laughs> that's that. Just get yourself the Atlas thing, and you're gonna get muscles, and you just go around beating people up, and that's how that works, right? But <laughs> I think of that, and I just think of youth pastors. I think of you. I think of me, mostly me, because a lot of times I felt like I was the guy on the beach getting his sand kicked in the face, right? And you know, of course, I was, you know, younger and 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 felt like you know, you know, you were the underdog all the time, being the youth pastor and so forth. And I and I even had a talk with my friend the other day, and maybe once again, I know it's not unique, in in the sense of uh, you know, all youth pastors go through some form of you know, sand kicked in the face kind of thing or disrespect or things like that. But I had a talk with my friend and he is really not, he's had very limited amount of these incidences where he feels like, you know, where you feel attacked or those things. And I seem to have an abnormal amount of those things in my life. And uh, once again, it's, I'm well aware of my personality and who I am. So once again, I, I may have brought some of this on myself, but I know there's a lot of those things that I didn't bring on myself. It was just a a disrespectful kind of thing that was happening and it, whether it was from parents or pastors or other people, but I know there's gotta be other people like me out there. You may be listening going, yeah, that's me. Sand kicked in my face. I'm going to get me that Tony Atlas thing. I want to build me some muscles. Okay. Well, I don't know if you can get the Tony Atlas thing anymore, but let me invite you into my dojo for just a little while. And I will teach you uh, a few of my self-defense techniques, some of my moves, that I've used when I have felt like I was confronted with unjustified drama or my soul was being attacked by verbal or emotional abuse. The first thing is confidence. Confidence is a self-defense move. When someone is pushing my buttons, I tell myself, this is nothing new. I've been through this before. This triggers my confidence in my abilities, my training, my calling. And if you know you're within your calling and you have not overstepped established boundaries, you can also have confidence. Confidence is not arrogance. Confidence is a belief that you are capable, that you are a capable youth worker who's doing the very best they can. You're not intentionally trying to, you know, muck things up. You have the confidence that you are in the right place in the right time. You're serving the Lord. Listen, you know that God has, has you know, done this work in your life. And your confidence ultimately is in him. God, he lifts you up and he pulls down. And I love this quote by Franklin D. Roosevelt. He says, confidence thrives on honesty, on honor, on the sacredness of obligations, on faithful protection, and on the unselfish performance. Without them, it, confidence, 
cannot live. It's hard to be confident if you're, you know, messing around and, you know, trying to provoke, you know, things. You're doing things that are out of order. You're being disobedient. You got shenanigans going on or whatever you're doing. You're trying to subvert authority. You can't have confidence if those things are going on, but you can have confidence if you are pursuing God's best in your life. Let's move on to the second self-defense move that I, that I have used in the past, and that is boldness. Now, confidence and boldness are a little different, but when I think of boldness, especially in light of conflict, I think of the lepers in 2 Kings. The scripture says, now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate, and they said to one another, why just sit here until we die? If we say, let us go into the city, we will die there from the famine in the city. But if we sit here, we will also die. So come now, let us go over to the camp of the Arameans. And if they let us live, we will live. If they kill us, we will die. In other words, they said, what have we got to lose? And just a few verses later, the story reveals that God used the leper's bold move to, to say, we're going to move forward no matter what, because if we stay here, we die. If we go, we die. Either way, we're, we're probably dead. And he says, listen, God used that to scare away the Arameans. God made their footsteps to sound like an army. God is in the middle of our conflicts. You can be bold respectfully. You can say, hey, I'm sorry, but we're not going to have this conversation if you're going to use demeaning language. You can say, listen, I'm sorry, but I won't let you speak to me in this way. I'm sorry, I feel like we should have a mediator for this conversation. Bold moves, bold things to say. But let me tell you something, when, you, when that boldness comes out, you are now setting a new precedent. You're, setting, you're, you're drawing a new line. Now listen, there will be times when letting a person blow off steam at you is to your advantage, okay? If they need to get it out of them, let them get it out. But if you're being berated or disrespected, all that, it's time to boldly call a timeout. Boldness done respectfully earns you respect. And if not from others, at least you can earn some respect for yourself. Now, let's move on to the third self-defense move, and that is humility. Admitting you're wrong without excuse short circuits an angry person. The angry person is expecting a fight. But when I come out with, listen, you're right. It was entirely my fault. I'm sorry. Defending yourself for indefensible things or shifting blame when the blame should be yours and yours alone makes the person who is angry with you even more entrenched. Own your mistakes early and often. Humility counters anger. Like the scripture says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 15.1. Regardless of how many students you have coming, length of time you've been at your church, how much experience you have, humility is the trademark of every good leader. Lay down your rights and take up humility as a defense against pride. Another good spiritual self-defense move is kindness. Kindness in the face of conflict is a secret weapon. Being kind in the face of malice creates a contrast. Now, am I asking you to fake kindness? No. Grace is a kindness. Give to people what they do not deserve. This verse has haunted me for a long time. It says, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful 
and the evil, Luke 6, 35. And I struggled with this verse until I realized that I am often the ungrateful and evil one. And so if God can be kind to the ungrateful and the evil one, certainly I can be kind to those who are not exactly my biggest fans. Now, if the heat you are getting is undeserved, then the kindness you show is the Christ-like response. If the heat you're getting is deserved, then they are showing the kindness to you by keeping you accountable. Thank them for their kindness. If you want to protect your soul from harsh words, harsh comments, negative attitudes, try empathy. There are many people who I've been in conflict with who I have felt real sympathy for. Their lives, their family, their souls were in such chaos that kindness was really the only response that I, I could give them, that I should give them, and they needed, and that I needed to offer them. Sometimes I failed miserably because of my own sinful flesh, and so my, my output, my response to things was just a lack of empathy. I truly felt sorry for some of the people who took offense at me for the small and petty things. For what kind of lives do they have that they focus on such small issues, I would say to myself. Once again, if their behavior is justified, then it is not a small issue and should not be diminished. But if unjustified, then feel bad for them that their lives are consumed with such inconsequential things. If you can put yourself in your detractor's shoes, even for a minute, you can defeat your own knee-jerk reactions and soften your demeanor towards the people that are directing these attacks towards you. And the last self-defense maneuver I'd like to teach you is forgiveness. I remember being fired from a church because I dismantled, and, but put back together, the church stage for a community-wide concert. The concert was amazing. The getting fired, not so much. No regrets there, though. But now I had to go home and tell my wife that I was getting fired. That was hard. I remember praying uh, with my wife that night and said, and God, I forgive them for doing this to us. I was emotionally raw, so I don't think I was capable of fully forgiving them yet, but I forgave by faith. Jesus said in the parable of the unforgiving servant, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Matthew 18, 35. Saying the words, I forgive you, is a start until you can get there emotionally. Harboring bitterness only limits your capacity to defend yourself against any future aggression. The person who attacked you verbally or maligned your character may never seek your forgiveness. They may leave the church before it's resolved, but you can still forgive them and put down the negative impact they had on you and never even have to tell them. American author, Professor Gloria Jean Watkins once said, for me, forgiveness and compassion are always linked. How do we hold people accountable for wrongdoing and yet at the same time remain in touch with their humanity enough to believe in their capacity to be transformed? Spiritual self-defense is about protecting oneself long enough to see the redemption of those who would try to hurt you. My advice, get into your prayer dojo and start practicing these moves now in the spirit so when an actual event happens, your attackers won't know what hit them. All right, youth workers, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I hope it was beneficial to you. Uh, I hope it has equipped you with some self-defense moves that if harmful things come at you, especially unjustified 
types of attacks that you'll now know how to defend yourself against those attacks. And if this episode was helpful for you, go ahead and let me know. 205-260-7229. That is my phone number. You can text me, let me know what you think of the episode, or uh, make a suggestion for another episode if you'd like. If you've been down to the dumps lately, thinking to yourself, I'm not a very good youth pastor. I'm I'm not doing well. Uh, You know, I'm terrible. Uh, You know, I'm not doing a good job. Let, let, Let me stop you right there. I think you are doing a good job. I think you're doing the best job you can do. And I also think you can get better. I also think you can train. You can, you know, change your mind. You can change your heart. You can change your programming. Uh, You can do all those things with God's help. And if you're simply, if your encouragement tank is a little low, let me fill it up for you. You're doing a good job. The Lord is pleased with you. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is working with you, not against you. So take confidence in this, that the Lord is going to help you. Just ask him, just pray and say, Lord, I am just submitting myself to you. I want to be a great youth worker. I want to, I want to impact the lives of people around me. Change me first. Help me get better at loving others, at self-defense. Uh, help me get better at programming, at organizing, all those things. And I'm just going to tell you, the Lord is going to hear your cry and uh, you'll be able to get this done. So, and remember, if you want to get better, there's a coaching link down in the notes below. Click on it. Let me know if I can help you. And that's it for today's episode, guys. And I'll catch you in the next one.